Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken from Aftershocks reminding you that if you want to see the interviews, see the artists, and see Matt and I ramble on with the artists, subscribe to us on YouTube. Just go to the link bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash AftershocksPod1, the number one. So bit.ly slash AftershocksPod1. And you can subscribe and see all of our videos in this video cast. Well, why don't we go ahead? Let's get uh, let's get our second guest on here tonight. Why don't we go ahead and do that? Let's. Uh, many of you uh, out there uh, will recognize this guy who's been in uh, so many bands over the years. Broken uh, Hope, and, of course, Soil back in you know the early nineties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the late nineties, early two thousands, and he's here to talk about his new band, Repentance, who are turning major heads these days with their debut album. God for a Day, which is out now on Artist War Records. Mr. Sean Glass joins us. What's up, Sean? Hey, guys. How you doing, uh, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on your show. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to new friends. So uh, Absolutely, man. Well, yeah, thanks. Yeah. And, you know, first off, you know, just to uh, get some of the so-called, I guess, negative stuff out of the way, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, is obviously we had the unfortunate passing of the, you know, the guitar King himself, man, the great uh, Eddie Van Halen. And, you know, I know just from seeing from your social media, man, you're obviously a major Eddie Van Halen fan. He was a big influence on you. Um, so I guess before we get into talking about repentance and a new oh, album, man, why don't you go ahead and, you know, uh, you know, I lost you. Oh, you okay. you Sorry about that. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. So why don't you go ahead and talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, your history uh, growing up, you know, listening to Eddie and what he meant to you as a, I got, you know, as a guitar player yourself, how influential he was to you as a kid. Uh, I'll never forget the first time I, th- I posted on my Facebook, but I, uh, I was at my cousin's house. I had an older cousin and we'd go there on the holidays and uh, I lived somewhere in the Chicagoland area. And mm-hmm. my cousin, he was pretty well versed in rock and metal in the late, you know, 70s and 80s. He, he turned me on to Kiss. He turned me on to mm-hmm. UFO and uh, Thin Lizzy and stuff like that. All the good stuff, you know. And uh, I remember I was at his house. Well, our whole family was at their house for a holiday having dinner, and he was really cool. So he would say, hey, come to my room and, uh, you know, smoke out. So, <laughs> and, uh, so he had, like, the total, like, typical stoner 70s bedroom, like black light posters, bong. Sometimes there were girls there, and it was rad, you know. So mm-hmm. I remember it was seriously, like, it was like a seventies movie, like him putting on eruption and said, dude, you got to check this band out. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there while the weed was billowing through the room and <laughs> he's packing a bong and black light posters on and eruptions like cranking through the, the room. And I'm just like, first I'm like, Oh my God, I hope my parents don't come up there. They're going to kill me. And, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty, I was pretty young. And, uh, and then I'm like, I was just blown away. Like literally I'll never forget the first time I heard Eddie Van Halen play guitar. Right. It blew my mm-hmm. mind. Cause you know, I listened to kiss and I was into other stuff at the time, but when I heard eruption, it just blew me away. And then obviously I became a fan. I went out and bought Van Halen and followed him. And then like, I remember when Van Halen two came out, the local record store by my house had promo posters and the girl working there 
thought I was always a cool kid because I knew like, you know, better bands than just, you know, pop. So she gave me like mm. these two huge posters for Van Halen 2 and they were above my bed. So when I would go to bed at night, there was this huge photo of David Lee Roth doing the splits in the air. Like nice. it looked like he was landing, you know, he'd like, he'd fall on me. <laughs> and, uh, and it just, you know, I grew, grew and grew into, you know, a Van Halen fan. I mean, I really was more of the David Lee Roth era. Sure. You know, and no disrespect yeah. to Sammy Hagar. He's very talented, great singer. And he probably right now, if Eddie was alive, maybe better than David Lee Roth in Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, you know, I, I, I got to see the band numerous times. I went, Jeremy and me from Broken Hope went to one of the reunion tours. Uh, I can't remember which leg of it was, but I think we went, I, I, I know we went to the Chicago United Center to see the gig. And it was awesome. I mean, it blew me away. And I do remember specifically also seeing them with Hagar. Obviously, Monsters of Rock, Metallica, mm-hmm. you know, killed everybody. But um, and then I saw them later on. I think it may have been OU812 because I went to see this band called Alice in Chains open up. And my friend worked for Alice in Chains and got us backstage. And I saw Eddie a few times, but I just didn't have the balls to walk up to him and be like, hey, dude. <laughs> like, I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. And then years later, um, got endorsed by EVH and I've been playing their amps for like, wow. Bas- like, you know, I've been endorsed by EVH and playing the amps for like over 10 years now. I think, I think it was right when I formed dirge within is when I switched to EVH amplifiers. And, uh, I love them, man. Like if you've listened to any of my records, uh, you know, since dirge within you're hearing an Eddie Van Halen amp, you know? So, yeah. No. Awesome, so yeah, man. but man, what a, I could swear, right? You yep. think I, oh, yeah. What, yeah. What a major fucking bummer, man. But sure is, man. hey, yeah. man, you know, you know, with having lost friends or loved ones or relatives in life, that if he was in pain, there's no way you want that man living in that, you know? Sure. No, yeah, so, and especially, you know, reading all the reports about cancer spreading to his brain and the last 72 hours, his health decayed, you know, it's it's very sad. But Hey man, he left a mark and a legend and the guy probably didn't even realize how important he really was. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, man. Uh, absolutely. It's like I said, it's devastating to the whole rock and metal community. Yeah. Well, let's, you know, let's, let's go ahead. We'll talk about repentance, man. You know, um, let's them, talk yeah. about the good, you know, the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we so can't, got- we can't, we can't not, not give a nod to that man because yeah, he did absolutely. so much for rock and roll. Yeah, and Sean, you know, it's funny. We were saying this at the beginning of the show. It's like every guitar player of every style since he came out, every one of you guys, and I'll bet you you'll acknowledge this too. Every one of you guys starts with eruption and you don't feel like you're a good player until you can at least mimic eruption on some level. Yeah. And I don't attempt it. I'm a rhythm guitar player, (laughs) but, uh, you know, uh, I definitely know some Van Halen riffs, of course, but, uh, yeah, eruptions like the blueprint for shredders. Like you know, if you're a lead guitar player, most of you guys know. I probably know a little more Headfield riffs, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Eddie Van Halen just he's mind blowing. But I'll never forget that first time I heard eruption. It just yeah. blew my head off. Man. Sure, sure, man. Yeah, awesome. Well, man, let's talk about God for a day, man. What a ripper of a, a de- you know a debut album for you guys, man. Like Thank I said, you. It's, Thank it's ter- you. yeah, man, it's turning major heads. I mean, nothing but high praise from what I'm I've been reading, and obviously we love it, both me and Chris. And uh, and what stands out to me, man, it's not because you're on here, man. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass or anything, <laughs> but in terms of your guitar work on here, man, I got to say it's it's phenomenal, man. I mean, not only 
the riffs on there, but I, I especially love the breaks and leads, man, throughout the yeah. whole record. You know, especially the title track, man. I love that break part on there, man. That's that's yeah, awesome, man. Thank you. Um, Mark, yeah. The other the other guitar player, Marcus, uh, he plays the leads. He uh, he mm. he's a shredder, man. He uh, I met him yeah. through some mutual friends, and when I put it, when I started putting this project together, I hate that word, but when yeah. I put this project together, uh, his name was on a couple people's tongues and referred me to him, and yeah, he's a shredder. Like me and him have a really good balance of, you know. I'm the Malcolm, he's the Angus, or he's the yeah. Kirk, I'm the Headfield, whatever. But it's a good, you know, it's a good combo platter. But he really, you know, I think I feel that on this album, he very well gets to shine uh, his ability in this band. I really, truly feel that he really gets to stick out for a shredder. So, yeah. But yeah, God for a Day is probably one of my favorite songs as well. Thank you. Yeah, phenomenal. Man. And, you know, but you just said something too interesting. So you said... The, the the big p word project i mean i, it, 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 I don't hate it too is, is this a project or is this going to be something that you no. guys are going to do no. long term yeah. no it, it's a band man like yeah okay i yeah i just I, a lot of people say that because and then some of the guys in my band are in other stuff but you know they're all dedicated to repentance so but it's uh you know at first it started as you know me just wanting to write really heavy stuff I was getting out of, you know, Dirge Within, had like an ill-fated, you know, reunion, quote, you know, failed reunion. And uh, it just, I was like, you know, I'm just going to clean the slate and write new stuff and really just don't have any boundaries, don't have any rules, just play what I want to play and not, you know, succumb to anybody else's opinions, you know? And mm. I was just like, you know, fuck it all. This is it. Right. Sure. Well, I mean, how how does a you know a, a long term veteran music musician like yourself? I mean, this is like you said, this is a brand new band. Um, which you know, when you're starting a brand new band these days, it's not as not like it used to be, right? I mean, it's really to start a band from scratch, you got to have such patience and wherewithal to you know just kind of really take it easy and let things slowly. I mean, things just don't happen overnight anymore. Obviously, you, you know, when you start no. a new band, especially at your age, you've been doing this like I said for decades. So, I mean, how, how difficult is it really to start sort of over again with a brand new band with all new musicians and really, you know, try to take it to that next level at this point in your career? Uh, I mean, of course, yeah, there's, there's a few leaps, you know, with the way the industry mm -hmm. is and we're in the middle of a pandemic, so we can't really play a tour right now. But, uh, right. you know, yeah. uh, we had the album done. I didn't want to sit on it. I thought that, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't in fear of, you know, us as a band being sick of the album by the time it came out in, in a year from now or whatever. But, you know, there's always hurdles, but, you know, I kind of look at it and no disrespect to like some of the hair, hair bands, you know, but, you know, like Warrant and Skid Row, or I, I don't even know, I'm not really well versed too much in that genre, but a lot of those bands had so many lineup changes and singers and this guy, and, you know, I just read Quiet Riot is going to try to continue yeah, with yeah. no members, but like, mm. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to be that band, you know, or even like when, when soil, when Ryan quit the music industry, AKA joined drowning pool, I always mm -hmm. felt that it was like, <laughs> I always felt it was, kind of, <laughs> you know, should we still call it soil? But we were like, you know, the four of us were like, yeah, and we worked so hard to build a brand and toured from, you know, basically 1997 till 2000, you know, four when he left us or whatever but i always mm. felt like it'd be better to to refresh and start because 
I didn't want to be that band, you know, and no disrespect to them, you know, how they want to run their biz, but I didn't want to be that band that's, oh yeah, that's Sean's band, Church Within, and they're on their eighth singer and they're on their fifth bass players. Like, right. it, it kind of loses the magic. And I still feel that I have enough creativity in my blood to keep going and write. I'm not at the point yet where I feel that I'm not, you know, I'm out of rocket fuel, you know? Mm. Right. I still got it in the tank, man. So, nice. <laughs> so you got to keep burning it. Got to yeah, keep. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't know if guys like Ron Wood and Jagger still got it, but you know, I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? When you have a when you have a billion dollars in the bank, yeah. you can rest on your laurels. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure it's a lot different when you're completely financial, financially. Yeah uber when comfortable you, but, when yeah. your kids 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 are financially set then you can relax <laughs> yeah, yeah but i'll say hey man you know especially for in our genre you know metallica i don't think that feels out of rocket fuel you know? yeah yeah no not at all. hardwire yeah. maybe what seven years ago or whatever i don't know but that album was still pretty good for a billionaire sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. He a drummer, but that's a whole nother thing uh, <laughs> i don't hate on Lars at all i don't i think it's I think it's part of the sound of the band, to be brutally honest. Mm -hmm. I think that Metallica would sound weird with like a Joey Jordison or whatever. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly, man. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Sean, you know, the one thing that jumped out at me just before I'd ever heard note one of Repentance was that you got Robbie Fonts from who's known from Stuck Mojo in right. the band. Because when you read, when I read his name, I had one very distinct sound in mind, you know, and when I heard the music, I did not hear that. I didn't hear yeah. the rape whistle, you know, instead I heard, yeah. you know, I heard something completely different <laughs> than what he had done before. So talk right. a little bit about how you brought him in and mm. did you know him previously to where you knew what he was capable of or were nah. you just rolling the dice? We, we, we were basically a band up and running the four of us writing music and you know we kept trying out singers locally we couldn't find anybody that we really liked so then uh rob from nonpoint lives here rob rivera yeah shout out to rob from nonpoint and uh he's like hey man you should check out robbie from stuck mojo he lives in chicago and i was like hmm cool but he raps like right. mm -hmm. i'm yeah. like we don't need a rapper in repentance and robbie <laughs> and rob from nonpoint's like no dude he, he he can do other styles i know that he's He's looking to itch to, to do a project because, you know, Rich and Bud and them were so busy with, with Chris Fozzie, you know. Mm -hmm. So I texted him and said, hey, man, you know, this is what's going on. Uh, Rob from Nonpoint suggested I talk to you. Our band is looking for a singer. It's in this style. There's no rap at all. We're looking for someone really heavy vocally. And it's really brutal modern metal, you know. And he's like, can I hear some? So we sent him a couple of really, really rough demos of like two or three songs. And he's, he hit me back. He's like, Hey, let me write some lyrics to this. And we set up a date after a few weeks to jam and come to the rehearsal spot and actually like meet him and then hear what he sounds like in person to the songs that he was writing. And it, it, it was really cool. It was, I think everybody was a little like, Whoa, like, you know, it was like, it was like you first time you drive a brand new car. Like it's cool, but I don't know how what I'm doing, you know? Right. And it was, mm -hmm. it was killer. And it was just a good vibe. And, he really just fit and he was like, I'm into it. Let's do this. And, you know, and then he, you know, he had a couple little hurdles in between. He was doing some wrestling stuff 
he's uh he's multifaceted but um we were still writing music and then uh just kept going and going and then i was talking to lucas from artists war records about the band and he heard the demos and he's like hey let's do this i'm i'm interested he's like i don't have a ton of bands on the label but you know it's the label's developing and growing and his his you know management side and stuff and you know he had skin lab and bleed the sky and eye of the enemy yeah. and i was like cool let's let's get this going and and we just, you know, finished writing and here we are with a debut album. But it's, as far as Robbie, it was really just for this band, I will say band, for this band, <laughs> it's it's a def, it's definitely a, a totally different beast. Like, in no disrespect to Stock Mojo, it just, sure. there's no room for the rap in this band, you know? I mean, right. <laughs> what he does in that is a total different entity. And I think that he's, you know, really good at being heavy. And I think that judging from the opinions I've heard from fans, friends, and, you know, just people in general, that they like what he's doing in Repentance. And they really think that they're kind of shocked, some of them, that, wow, like you said, wow, I did not know that was going to be like this, you know? Yeah. No, and, and you know, listening to God for Day, you know, it's, to me, to my opinion, it's a very unique sound. It's that Thanks. combination of brutal metal. And I mean, there's some really heavy, brutal stuff, which I love. But at the same time, there's elements of almost traditional sounding thrash that's mixed in there as well. Awesome. You know, is that, you is, get that it. is that the collective of you guys or is that strictly you, you know, taking the elements of your various past and putting it all together into into a new thing and then finding the right guys to make that work. No, I, I just think at the end of the day, it is, it's a combination of everybody's styles blending into one melting pot. I think that, uh, obviously when I first started this project and told the guys what I wanted to do, it was very like, I want a traditional thrash elements, but yet with a fresh modern sound, I'm not going to try to make it sound like a creator demo from 1984, but right. you know, I want to have those influences of what I grew up on and creator and destruction and Slayer and all that. Mm -hmm. And I think that it shows. So, but we wanted it to have a, a modern feel too. So I think that what we set out to achieve, you got, you got it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe not a lot of bands are doing what we're doing, where it's not a hundred percent retro and not a hundred percent just full on, you know, sound like every other death metal band, you know. And it, it, at first, we were even, you know, I think me and the guys always joke like, you know, what are we? Like, I don't even know. Like, we just kept writing. <laughs> we never, we never set out to be a certain genre. And we always joke, you know, like, what, you know, who do we sound like or what are we? You know, and it's just it's just repentance but it's cool like you know we're seeing people call us mellow death melodic death metal and uh some people say we sound like slipknot so it's it's really all over the board man and it's it's cool mm. we'll take it you know i mean as long as they're not saying that we sound like uh the bgs you know we're cool <laughs> <laughs> awesome well i mean you guys also you worked on this record with one of the best uh sound men in metal and chris collier i mean who oh. i know you guys have been working with for a few years now i mean yeah talk about how important it is to have a high caliber guy like that as part of your team and really how integral of a part did he really play in the overall production of the album? Chris mixed and mastered uh, the album as well as our early demos. And I was introduced to him from Tommy from prong. Mm -hmm. 
I was going to say, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I really love like the last few prong albums he did. And, and I've known Tommy for years. And I was like, man, I reached out to Tommy. I was like, who is this guy that mixed your album? I, have, I bought the CD and looked at the liner notes, but I'd never heard of him. He's like, oh, bro, I'll put you in touch with him. You know? So he got me in touch <laughs> with his you know, East Coast accent, bro. Yeah. So uh, he, he, he introduced me to Chris. And it was really cool because I felt that Chris was someone like that, that wasn't known yet, but was so rad and so talented. And mm. like you said, our album doesn't sound like your typical, you know, retro thrash album. And I think a large part of that is also the style of Chris's mixes. And we worked hard, man. I think sometimes I probably drove him nuts on the mixes, but we worked really hard going back and forth on tweaks. And, you know, and then like when the pandemic hit, our label's like, let's kind of, you know, wait a little bit to announce a release date. And I was like, all right, Chris, let's keep tweaking things a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I heard certain things and, you know, going back and forth with fresh ears and, you know, adjusting stuff. And it was, you know, hey, man. At the end of the day, we just really uh, tried to make sure that it was the best sounding album that we could. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had other projects to do and couldn't just mix our album for a year. And we didn't have that kind of budget. But Chris did a great job. And, you know, he's done so much stuff since then. White Snake, he works with Korn. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yep. KXM, I think, is right the Yeah, the George yeah. Lynch and George Lynch and Ray Lazier. Band. Yep, yeah. yep. He works with them. and. That's pretty cool. Those guys are legends, especially Ray Lazare, man. What a drummer. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. That guy's a yeah. beast and a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so it was really cool. And I do think, you know, maybe a large part of that modern, fresh sound that Chris helps put a spin on it and the mix of the Repentance album is also him, you know, making sure that it does sound current and really good separation. That's one thing I really want to, like, I'm real picky about low end, man. Like, I love mm-hmm. bass in a mix. But like certain albums, I hate when the bass is so freaking loud that it just steps on a mix and you're like, I can't even hear the kick drum because the bass guitar is so loud or I can't hear the vocals because the bass guitar is so loud. And I didn't want to injustice for all it, you know, (laughs) you know, like the polar opposite of what I like. But so finding that fine balance of the eternal car test, I guess I call it. Um, Mm -hmm. Then going back with, you know, my earbuds and then going into my wife's truck which I call the average Joe sound system, you know? And, <laughs> and, and dude, I was, you know, you know, triple dip and listen to mixes. And there was a point finally where I was like, I can't listen to this anymore because I'm going to just <laughs> fucking hate this record. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't, you know, like when it was finally said and done and sent to the label, like till physical CDs came from the record company, I did not listen to the record. I was so tempted to sometimes. Mm. But I'm like, if I listen to this record anymore, I'm going to drive myself fucking nuts. You know? <laughs> right. So well, it's cool. Good. Like getting in my car now and going to Spotify. Right. Getting paid 12 cents to listen to it for a week. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, putting that in my car and listening to a song with fresh ears, I'm like, yeah, sure. it's good. Whew. You know? dude, dude, was it, was it easy or hard to let Chris do his thing? And, and, and to trust them because this, you know, I, I know as well as you do, it doesn't matter if it's Mutt Lang and they've got the resume that everything they touch turns to gold. It's still your vision. It's still yeah. your thing. And every musician I've ever talked to tells me how incredibly hard it is to let it go and let the guy that is a specialist do his thing to yeah. your work. It, it, you know, I think I'll give Chris kudos that he did let me keep going and he didn't ever say, oh, fucking glass, you know? So, you know, yeah, there, there's probably times here and there where I'd be like, 
hey at 108 you think the hi-hat's a little loud or you know stuff like that mm-hmm. so or hey do you think the lead could come up a little bit or stuff like that so and he would agree so it was cool like we had a really good you know uh dialogue but it right. was mm-hmm. you know of course it, it is it is you know it is my baby too you know i have to live with that album for the rest of my life and for the mm-hmm. most part, most of my discography or catalog per se, I'm pretty happy with most of the albums I've done. There's a couple things that I'm not 100% happy with and some stuff, but since, you know, uh, I would say Dirge Within especially, uh, I'm pretty happy with most of the albums I've made. Yeah, awesome, man. Especially well, you know, son- you- sonically, you know. Mm-hmm. No, sure. You know, you, you mentioned a name before, too, the record label you're on, Artist World Records, you know, which is a really, man, a real solid independent label that really, I think, uh, they know how to hone in on creating identities for bands, you know, uh, that they cool. have on the roster, you know, from what I've seen. And obviously, it's something that's, you know, it's so vital to bands in general in order for, you know, to stick out, especially when you're, you know, you're a new band like Repentance. Um, and you hear so many musicians, you know, talk about how, you know, these days record labels, they're just not as relevant as they once, you know, were. But obviously, if that was the case, you'd see a lot more bands releasing their own music when, in fact, really very few still do. Everyone still wants to be on a label. You know, as a guy yeah. like yourself who's been, I mean, you've been on major label, right? Arista was Soil. You've been on Metal Blade, Jay, right? I, mean, I was on J Records, BMG was Soil. Okay, J Records, Arista. okay. Arista was You're right. Well, it was Clive Davis, guy. right? So saying, yeah, yeah. Clive. Yep, yeah. Clive did run Arista first and then he left and they left right okay started jay it, it was jay. us okay. in o-town oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we got signed we were like who's hey, our we're, we're like O-town. Oh, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i you know it is smart to still be on a label because you know it's like this you could stand on top of the roof on top of the fucking mountain and scream how great my album is or please everyone look at me mm. or, and you know you can you can be your the best cheerleader best cheerleader you possibly can but mm-hmm. you know i think sometimes when other people are involved pushing and believing with you as a band it helps other people open their ears sure mm-hmm. and i think that's what you know a large part of the record company is there for and obviously mm-hmm. to help with distribution and marketing and some financial costs but uh i think that you know i hate saying that i, I say you know a lot but um uh i i think that it's still part of the the machine because in the it, it's not come to the point where labels don't matter yet. I don't believe that they don't matter yet. I mm-hmm. think that there still needs to be that push, you know. I mean, back in the day, it was really more important because they were they were the keepers. Like they kind of were like filtering out some of the bad bands that shouldn't be signed, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you always kind of trust that, hey, I'm going to buy that metal blade. Hey, I'm going to buy that earache or that Roadrunner record yep, exactly. because I trust it in that you logo. And I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have like two or three albums in my just, you know, at home that I love. So I'm going to buy that. And, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, you probably liked most of the stuff. And there's always a few clunkers, you know, but, yeah. but I think that labels, you know, are still important because you want to trust in the brand. Just like when you buy a car or a pair of jeans or shoes, like you kind of trust in that. And I think that, you know, seeing a, a new label like Artist World Records, like, oh, cool, they got Skin Lab, Bleed the Sky. These are some cool metal bands. I'm going to check out this new band called Repentance. And I hope I hope that does, you know, still matter. You know? I, I believe yeah. it does. Sure. Yeah. How, how do you convince them that you're a good risk now? Because, I mean, you're one of these guys, you know, when you've had, you've had obviously several bands that you've been in, 
they've all been on a label and you know yeah you know as well as i do you know a hundred musicians that would kill to get any label deal and yet you've always been able to find that label deal what is it about you because and don't take this the wrong way but it's not the talent because there's a million guys that have a ton of talent of course there's there's always something else and since you're the centerpiece of it with at least four bands it's got to be you're not difficult to work with or you're you show up for your interviews or you're you're not a dick or it's got to be something other than the musical talent that people see in you which me which convinces labels that you're a good risk with them i think that people for the most part in the industry that i'm friends with believe that i'm a hard worker and hopefully think i'm talented but see that uh, i network and push my products hard and they see the reaction from the fans and i think that for the most part all the albums i've put out i hope people have seen that that were involved in those bands with me uh, whether it be industry or, or bandmates, but uh, this album, you know, new band, new label in the middle of a pandemic, can't reiterate that enough. Yeah. It seems to be, you know, people are excited and the label has seen, you know, the response and sales like Amazon's killing it on CDs for us and uh, stuff like that. So it's exciting for everybody involved and especially, you know, to my band members too, because, you know, they're trusting in this new label with me and, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. And I think that we hopefully will all grow and evolve and move to the next phase or a year from now, another album, or maybe we'll make an EP before the year's up. I don't know. I mean, really waiting to see what come, you know, the first of the year where the world is at, you know? Sure. So let's hope Santa Claus can show up. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and dude, dude, it certainly wouldn't be bad if they put, if nothing else, if we could just get a label tour with you guys skin lab and bleed the sky that would be a hell of a fucking show dude yeah i would go (laughs) so yeah that would definitely be cool i think uh something that that could happen you know but you know and obviously all three bands are friends sure but um you know we we just gotta wait it out and see and uh, i know we do have a chicago show that's being announced in december or very soon and uh it will be uh, it'll be interesting, but all we can do is, you know, keep our fingers crossed, everybody, and stay healthy. And you know, we want to we want to play shows, and we want to, you know, spread the gospel of metal. <laughs> sure, yeah. No doubt, dude. Well, I'll tell you what, Sean. Tell people where they should check online to um, keep up with you and keep up with the band and and get the record and all that good stuff. Let's go to www.repentanceband.com. Okay. Every link is there. You can buy the album. You can look at cute pictures of us. You can, <laughs> you know, look at the beautiful artwork. You could look at every link you want to find us on our socials. But uh, everything is on repentanceband.com, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. So everything is there for all y'all that are looking for your uh, repentance fixings. And I will awesome. say this, if you if you message Sean directly on Facebook, he does answer because he's answered me several times as we've talked over the years. So awesome. Good stuff, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. hey man, we're all human, man. We gotta be connected to everyone, you know. We're all made of flesh and blood, you know. 
Yeah. Exactly right. Absolutely. Well, dude, thanks so much for checking yeah. in Aftershocks, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks so much, awesome. Sean. Thanks. Thank you so much for the kind words on God for a day, please. Absolutely, it. man. Yeah, it's great, bro. Take care, man. Take it easy. See ya. Right. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com.